Hello, this is Michael Fanning, and I'm the host of the Windermere Coaching Minute. This is our quick form podcast where we'll talk to Windermere agents who bring creative ideas, power strategies, and successful routines to light. In each episode, we'll talk to real estate professionals to learn what they have done that have allowed them to be better than they were yesterday. Please enjoy our podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and I am the host of the Windermere Coaching Minute. And I wanted to talk today about top of mind awareness, the power of top of mind. And, you know, as we move into this new year of 2024, and we look at real estate agents who are, you know, maybe having some challenging times, there's still business happening. But the question is, how many of you are working at it from a position of being a referral-based agent versus a transactional-based agent? And so we want to talk about the power of referrals. And I always say this to agents uh, in the business, whether you're new to the business or you've been in the business for a while, here's what I'll tell you. You are not successful when you get a commission check. You are successful when you get a referral. And building a referral-based business is really important. And there's kind of two schools of thought. There's the transactional mindset agent and there's the referral-based agent. The transactional mindset agent says, you know what? Um, I worked with a client. They're good to go. They'll call me when they're ready and they'll go look for another transaction or they'll buy leads. Okay. The referral based agent says, I'm going to take such amazing care of my client that I'm working with now, or I'm going to show up with such amazing value and be such a great resource to people that maybe haven't even transacted with me that I will become top of mind and they will refer me. And the reason why referral based business is so much stronger than transactional based business is because it's sustainable and it lasts. <clears throat> so I'm gonna give you five keys or benefits, if you will, of referral based business. Number one, it's cost effective. You know, um, a lot of agents I find will pay or buy leads. Folks, the reason why companies can charge for leads is because they're, they're understanding our weakness. And as a real estate industry, our weakness is we don't create strong lasting relationships with our clients. And so they feed off those. So they go upstream from us, they capture a, a, a client and or a possible potential lead, and then they sell it to us and we buy it. Folks, we're really buying broken relationships. If you go look at the leads that we buy from various feeding companies, you know, that are out there, I think Zillow is an example. Um, they're basically just selling us back our broken relationships. And then you get those. And if you're good and you have a good process, yes, you convert those. But unfortunately, a small percentage of our agents have really good processes when the transaction closes and they just go right back into the hopper and eventually get fed to somebody else. And we can even look at these uh, studies. Uh, NAR did a study where they uh, took buyers and sellers and they asked the sellers right after they closed the transaction, uh, how satisfied were you the transaction? The satisfa satisfaction was really high. But then they said, how many of those sellers used the, uh, the same agent on the next transaction? And I think it was like only 23%. So the satisfaction was in the 90s, but the actual return rate of using that agent again was like 23%. And the buyers was even worse. Same question asked the buyers, were you satisfied with the transaction? Um, would you use the agent again? Numbers were high, somewhere in the 90s. And I think it was 13% of buyers used the same agent again on the next transaction. And again, it goes back to, um, we just don't stay connected. So the cost effectiveness of really having top of mind with your clients is huge because you're not spending money to buy leads. Uh, there's also a very high conversion ratio. Number two, the high conversion ratio is because of the fact 
that it's built in trust, right? It's built in trust. Uh, number three is higher retention. Uh, we will retain these people long-term because we're staying in contact with them. And I'm going to talk about that more. Um, there's also reward incentives. I mean, we can incentivize our existing clients to refer us even more business based on how we show up and how we provide value to them. Uh, and then there's brand awareness, meaning that they become our brand ambassadors. They become evangelistic about the services we provide and they become a word of mouth for us. And then number six, it's the highest return on investment. Folks, the conversion ratio on referrals is three to two. If you go look at um, cold direct mail, which you know I'll say like just listed, just sold postcards, cold direct mail, I'm just firing them off to a neighborhood. The conversion ratio is about 2000 to one. So the power of referrals are huge. So now let's ask the question, why people don't make referrals? You know, you would think, well, I've provided such great service. Why don't they make referrals? Well, let's talk about this. So the first one is basically forgetting. We just simply forget to refer you, right? Unless someone is top of mind. So how do we have top of mind? We're going to talk about that. But we forget because of the next one is lack of contact. You know, if we haven't been in recent contact with you, right, and we didn't have an amazing experience, we're less likely to reach out to refer you. Um, it's called out of sight, out of mind. And so if you think about it, most agents are what we call transactional agents, and they leave their clients at the closing table. We'll talk more about this. And so we lack contact. When we think about being a ninja, and if, you, if you're listening to this podcast today and you've taken a ninja installation, you know we talk about the Ninja 9. We talk about the daily and weekly habits. We talk about consistency. We talk about time blocking. We talk about staying on track. We talk about winning your days. Folks, this is about having consistent contact. And the other one we talk about is raising the level of professionalism with Ninja is protecting a reputation. Folks, if I'm unsure of your abilities or your qualifications, right, I'm going to hesitate to refer you because I'm going to protect my reputation. I don't refer to help you. I refer because you're going to help me by making me look good. So how many of you have a standardized system and a process? And if you've taken Ninja, you know that there's a buyer process, there's a seller process, there's a calling process, there's a consultation process. And you know, if you think about it, James Clear says it best out of Atomic Habits, if you want to optimize, you must standardize. How many of you are running a standardized procedure when it pertains to your business? And if you're doing that, then you're not going to have those clients that don't want to refer you because they know you're going to run a really great business. The next one is lack of incentive. Without any incentive or reward, people are less motivated to go out of their way to make referrals. So, and folks, incentivizing a client is super easy. If you refer me, I can send you a really nice thank you note in a Starbucks card. It says, you know what? I'm so grateful for your referrals. And you'll notice that I'll send that at the beginning, not at the end. I don't send that once the transaction's closed. That's what transactional-minded agents do. I'm a referral-based agent. I do that at the beginning of the referral. Whether it turns into a transaction or not, I'm going to incentivize you and be grateful that you put your trust in me to earn your business and to earn your referrals, okay? Um, the next one is non-urgent need. If a referral isn't time-sensitive or critical, it's easy to procrastinate and forget to follow through. So, you know, uh, I'll give you an example of this. So I've got neighbors uh, that know that I uh, am in, uh, run a coaching company for winning real estate. And they know that we do winning coaching and they know that we're based in real estate. And so um, they closed on a house, I don't know, a couple of years ago, they reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, you know, we need, we need an electrician. Well, again, 
time sensitive. At that moment in time, they need an electrician. Who comes to my mind immediately is my real estate agent because my real estate agent is in constant contact with me. I know they provide value. I know they provide resources. And so it's time sensitive and I think of their name. But here's the problem. If you drop your client at the closing table and they haven't heard from you in three months and you have a neighbor that says, hey, we need an electrician, the likelihood of you thinking about your real estate agent is slim to none, okay? The next one is this, is poor experiences, a negative referral experience in the past. And so I don't mean, I don't mean that the, the person that was referred to you got a negative experience. Here's what I mean, is I referred you and you didn't even let me know a thank you or uh, I'm so appreciative of you. You didn't keep me up to date on what was happening with the person that I referred you. And when it closed, I heard nothing from you. And if that happens, I'm going to go, you know what? You're not grateful. And I'm not going to refer you again. So how many of you have a consistent post-referral process where you keep the referrer up to speed on what's going on with the transaction? Okay. So the key is to be proactive about overcoming these barriers. Um, one is through education. Are you using the ninja education that you learned when you took ninja? Uh, what are your incentives? What's your value promotion? You know, when, when you sit down and you give me your buyer book and your seller book, how many of you have a and beyond page that talks about, here's all the things now to expect from me as your real estate trusted advisor? Do you have a good referral program that's based in when you have people who refer you, you have a program on how you keep them up to date and up to speed? So because this podcast is about today, about how to be top of mind, let's talk about some areas and how we can maybe do a better job. So the first one is simply the word recency. So if you have interacted with or thought about that person recently, right? So meaning that you called me and checked in with me. Uh, we did a proper review. You sent me a handwritten note. I got your monthly newsletter. I got your homeowner's tips, right? It's recency. And all of a sudden you become top of mind. And the more recent you are in terms of your interactions, right, you become more vivid in my memory. And here's what I'm going to tell you, folks. This makes up about 6% of our real estate agents that actually do a good job with this. You know, in Ninja, we teach the 36 touches. What's that mean? Three touches a month for the entire year. So three every month, 36 by the end of the year of value-added mailings that go to your clients. We talk about handwritten notes, two a day. We talk about phone calls, at least 25 phone calls a week, and then 25 live interactions a week. We talk about the power of property reviews, two property reviews a week. We talk about updating your database. We talk about making forward calls. We talk about uh, your client calls, your active client calls in terms of letting them know how things are going, whether you have information or not. Folks, this is the power of recency. It's a big one, okay? So being recent with your clients. What's the next one? Next one is relevance, right? Are you relevant to your clients, to their interests, to their backgrounds? Um, are you particularly a good fit because you have commonalities? They're more likely to come to mind when we're more relevant to them, right? The better the match, the more likely you are uh, to get referred. So how are you relevant with your clients today? You know, and, and when you think about this, relevancy is not just you're good at closing transactions. Folks, when they close on a transaction, they are now a homeowner. Think about all the resources you have available to your clients that, that revolve around homeownership, maintenance, upkeep, um, additional services, financial planners, tax accountants, insurance agents, mortgage uh, agents. Think about, uh, think about all the services you have. How many of your clients, when you close a transaction, realize that you are the hub for all of that? 
and you can be so relevant to them and helping them understand. Uh, you have the ability to help them understand the value of their home on an annual basis as it pertains to their you know, net worth. But are you articulating this to your clients? Okay, so, so relevance is a huge one. What's the next one? Relationship strength. People with whom you have close, high quality relationships with or more likely to come to mind compared to casual acquaintances. So think about agents who have consistent client appreciation events. Think about agents who do pot buys. Uh, think about agents who uh, you know, are driving through a neighborhood and just pick up the phone and say, hey, I was driving through your neighborhood today and it made me think about you because I remember you were doing that remodel in the bathroom and I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder if you're home, I'd love to stop by and see it and, and maybe bring over some coffee. Folks, build relationships. When we have higher levels of trust, we become advocates for you. It's a big one, right? The next one, distinctiveness. People who stand out in some way, either due to unusual skills, traits, or simply being memorable, right, are more likely to come to mind. So uh, Seth Godin did a great book called The Purple Cow. He's written a lot of books, but this one in particular, uh, the, the kind of concept is I'm driving down a country road. And I look off and there's a bunch of cows. There's a bunch of brown cows. My brain says, oh, brown cows. I've seen them before. They're all the same, right? And this goes back to people who do what's expected or less. It's expected to see a bunch of brown cows. Now, if I'm driving down the same road and I look out and uh, there is a notable cow, meaning that cow is purple, how on earth did that cow get to become purple and all the rest are brown? Folks, what is your distinctiveness with what you do with your clients? What is your signature? What is your fable? What is the story people tell about you because of the way you show up and what you provide? And this isn't some grandiose big money spend that we're talking about. These are simple little things that you do consistently, repeatedly, every single time with a process that becomes memorable, okay? Becomes memorable. I think about uh, an agent that I work with who donates a thousand pounds of food on every transaction. I think about an agent that we uh, worked with who is just really dedicated to adopting uh, young kids from Guatemala and so has a foundation based around that. So when they close the transaction, but what are you doing to be memorable? It's a big deal. And you look at your systems and think about how you tell that story. The next one is frequency. The more frequently you interact with somebody, the more likely they are to come to mind when making a referral. And here's what we know. Studies show that most agents stop interacting with clients after they close the transaction, and it's very few and far between in terms of the consistency of the communication or the value-added mail or the providing of resources. It's not very much. And so I want you to think about, I want you to think about the frequency that you put forth as it pertains to um, communicating with your clients. You know, how many of you have a time block schedule where every single week, you know, here's who's getting note cards, here's who's getting phone calls, here's who's getting property views, and you're documenting it in your, in your, uh, your CRM, right? And you're taking notes and you're running a daily calendar and you're winning your weeks and you have frequency of value added, uh, contact with your clients. And you think about those A's and B's. You know, we talk about this a lot. We talk about our A's, B's, C's, and D's. So our A's are evangelistic people. They love us. And sometimes we forget to have frequency with those people because we just know they're going to refer us. Well, don't forget about them. And you got your B's. These people, they like you, they trust you, they most likely will refer you, but they need a little nudge. And you got your C's that know you, but ah, they might, might not send you a referral. And you have your D's. You need to delete them or develop them. But how do you make a C and a D, an A and a B? Folks, value-added frequency. 
Repeated exposure strengthens the memory trace of me to think about you. And then the next one is effort. How do we become top of mind? The amount of effort you invest in the relationship, such as helping them, um, you know, advising them and just think about how you show up. You know, I'll give you a great example. So my financial planner meets with me quarterly and they give me basically my wealth, wellness, help, my wealth, uh, my wealth, um, health report, if you will. Okay. It's hard to say wealth health report. And uh, it comes in a nice bound piece and we go through it and it looks wonderful. Okay. So, uh, let's say now you're a real estate agent and you are going to do real estate reviews for your clients annually. You're just doing them once a year. And I have some agents go, oh, we're doing them on postcards now. Oh, really? So what if my financial planner gave me my wealth health report on a postcard? Not a lot of effort. That's probably what you do for everybody. Why am I paying you the money? Why do, how do you stand out? Folks, think about getting a bound book, a nice book, and I take you to lunch. And we don't actually go through the book, but I give it to you. I give you a couple things. We talk about the five magic questions. And then I learn about your family. I learn about your recreation. I learn about what's going on in your life. And we have a communication and we have a relationship session where we're, we're growing our understanding of each other. And I'm also providing you a report on the largest investment typically in your net worth, which is your home. But I put it on a postcard. Folks, I want you to think about how many of us are like water and will try to find the path of least resistance versus how many of us are willing to put in the effort. You know, simple, simple thing to think about. You know, most people that are listening to this podcast today probably own an Apple product. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If I were to come to your house, I bet you I could find the Apple packaging at your house. Why do you not throw it away? You know why? Because Apple puts extra effort and energy, not just into their product, but also into their packaging that creates a mindset of value. You know, so many times we want to cut corners. We don't want to do it. We want to do it on the cheap. Folks, I'm telling you, put effort into everything you do. Bring your A game. Don't cut corners. The next one, right? And this is the last one here is priming. What is priming? If you were recently exposed to information related to that person, such as seeing their name, right? Or their brand, they become primed in your memory and are more accessible. So think about this. Think about agents now that are doing uh, social media, that are doing really, really great videos three times a week that are based in value-added, educational, right? Guess what they're doing? They're priming. They're priming. And you can think about them because you go, oh, I see them all the time. I see them all the time. I see them all the time. How many people think they know somebody and they've never met them, but they see them all the time? This is the power of priming. But too many times what we do is we lose track, folks. And here's what I'm going to tell you. If your clients are calling you, you're failing right now. So how many of you have a consistent process or a system through like Ninja uh, that where you've standardized? And so when you work with a buyer, you work with a seller, you've got a great process. You make phone calls, you've got a great process. You have a consultation, you've got a great process. You close a transaction, you have a post-close process for buyers and for sellers. I want you to think about that. Right? I want you to think about that. So here's the unfortunate truth. Here's the common mistakes, the unfortunate truth. Most agents, number one, refer to their clients as past clients. Folks, it matters how you talk about these people. If they're a past client, where do they live? They live in your past. And I got to tell you, I can go to Inman and watch a panel of professionals and all of them say, past client, past client, drives me crazy. We have clients and we have active clients. I don't leave the dentist office and they don't go, there goes Michael Fanning, our past client. 
Think about your clients as a referral source if you take care of them and build strong relationships through recency, right? Being priming them, uh, having value, having effort, distinctiveness. I want you to think about these things in terms of how you're engaging with your clients. And number two, we also fail to follow up after a transaction is closed. Folks, referrals don't happen by accident. They happen from intention. Consistent communication, value added with our clients on a regular basis. And you don't need a lot of clients. You need some good, strong relationships. So I'm going to give you an example here. I'm just going to throw this out there. So here's uh, when we think about a follow-up checklist. So let's just say that I close with you on a transaction. You happen to be a buyer and I close with you. So it might look something like this. One week after closing, I'm going to pick up the phone and call you and ask about how the move-in went. By the way, did you see the little package that I left for you of the toilet paper and the paper towels and a couple of pizza certificates because I knew you guys were going to have a, a crazy day of moving in. I wanted to make sure that was available. Oh, we saw that. Thank you so much. And then I send them a handwritten thank you card. And maybe I drop a Starbucks card in that with them, right? Then one month after the closing, I send a housewarming gift. Now I did have a closing gift, but now I'm going to send a small little housewarming gift. I may email the neighborhood offerings and city resources. Hey, by the way, I'm just going to email this to you. I don't know if you know, but here's the schedule of the farmer's market that happens every other Sunday in your neighborhood. Didn't know if you were aware of that. Three months after closing, uh, a check-in call. Uh, how are they enjoying the home? Uh, is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything you need? By the way, one of the best uh, compliments you can give me uh, in terms of the transaction that I had with you was to allow me to earn the referrals of your family, friends, and colleagues. Folks, you can ask for referrals. Uh, send neighborhood newsletter or connect them up to things like um, Lolo gift giving or connect them up to things like um, HomeBot. Those are great tools uh, for you to use. Um, the next one, six months after closing, remind about upcoming tax documentation, you know, that you're going to be making sure they get their HUD-1. Uh, invite, invite them to your client appreciation event that you will be having. Let them know that that's happening. Nine months after closing, a check-in call using four techniques, so family, occupation, recreation, dreams, how are things going, mail home service provider, discount coupon book, or maybe your circle of friends postcard, or maybe it's your, uh, your boomerang postcards, but giving them some form of a gift-giving tool. Uh, you can connect them up on Client Giant if that's something that you want to do on their, uh, their, their client retention program that they have. And one year after closing, congratulatory call and offering maintenance referrals. You know, uh, how are things going? Is there anything you need? Schedule your proper review meeting. And by the way, we recommend you schedule the proper review meeting at closing. This is just a reminder call that you're going to have the proper review. And then send a handwritten card with a celebratory gift for their one-year anniversary. Folks, these are simple little things that we can do. If we put that into a checklist and we plug it into our CRM, it's amazing on how impactful we can become. And I'm going to finish with this, uh, this last little piece here. And uh, I'm so excited because Stacey Brown Randall, who wrote a book called Ask, Getting Referrals Without Asking For Them, and she also has a phenomenal podcast called Roadmap to Referral Podcast. And we're actually going to be having her on our podcast, on the on our other podcast, Ask a Coach Podcast, um, in a couple of weeks. And so you might want to tune into that. But she just talked about how we build a referral resource. And she's got a lot of great ideas, a lot of great things that you can learn from her. So please tune into that. Um, and then also remember, folks, that we offer coaching, right? WinningRareCoaching.com. Uh, if you want to know more about these things, these are things we talk about all the time with our coaching clients and helping them understand how to get better at building a referral-based sustainable business in real estate and providing the highest level of value to their clients. 
So hopefully you found this, uh, this podcast uh, helpful. Hopefully you found the information helpful. Here's one thing I would ask. Please give us a review. It helps us as well. Let's us know that we're doing a great job. If you like the content that we're providing, then please uh, feel free to forward this content on. Uh, feel free to uh, let other people refer us out. Let other people know about our podcast. And we always end these like we always do. And we say, everybody, hey, be awesome and help somebody. And please make it a great day. We'll talk to you later. Well, we want to thank you for listening to our Windermere Coaching Minute. We hope you found this content helpful. If you did, please feel free to share it and give us a rating. And we'll always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.